What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Welcome in. What's the spread? Uh, we are off and running on another college football and NFL weekend. Brad, how we doing? Dude, how's life? Excellent. Living it. Making money. Yeah. Had a nice little sweat on uh, Rafael Nadal today who... One two one, which was beautiful. Great, you degenerate. I love it. <laughs> Doesn't matter the sport. Uh, weird weekend in college football uh, on Saturday. No Clemson, no Ohio State, no Bama. Uh, not a whole lot of action. No. Uh, we're going to go ahead and kick off the show uh, as we're going to do down the stretch here with our college football playoff rankings. If you haven't listened to our original version, definitely want to check it out. Brad and I broke down our top 10 teams in the country. That was spicy. Kind of broke it down into uh, a very detailed view of where we're at. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it, man. Uh, number 10, any movement for you? Who do you got? I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Like I said, this is going to be a wait and see. That was my last top 10. Mm-hmm. And it's still going to be a wait and see because some of my teams, I think, are ranked a little lower than I want them to be. But number 10, coming in new to my new Top 10 is Wisconsin Badgers. I like to hear that. 2-0. Yeah, looked really impressive. Looked impressive. And it was a chance for Mertz to slow the game down a little yeah. bit. He needed one of those games where, let the game come to you. You know, you were thrusted into action at the beginning of the season. You had time off. Too, all this stuff, all these distractions. You got the win, and you looked yeah. impressive. And even against a reeling Michigan team, a 49-11 yeah. victory in conference play on the road uh, is nothing to scoff at. So Wisconsin, I really feel like they made a statement saying, hey, if we can get through our season, no more COVID, we're here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my number 10 uh, dropped a little bit, but not because of their, not really because of their performance. I got Miami here at number 10, still doing their thing. I picked them on the podcast last week to beat Virginia Tech. They found a way to win. That's what I like about Miami right yep. now. You know, I said it last week. I'm saying it again. That's what Miami with Derry King. They believed that they could still win that game at any point. They were behind the entire game. Yes. But Derry King found a way to make it happen with some big plays down the stretch, and they pull out the victory. I, I, you know, they they did this whole thing talking about how King was so excited to come play for Miami. I bet you he's regretting playing for Manny Diaz because the coaching, you just look at the, the situations that happened in the game, and King is just like, Great. I can put the team on my back yep. again. Um, my number nine team is going to be Cincinnati. They okay. dropped in my rankings, and it's nothing because what they did wrong. They are still averaging 29.1 margin of victory, still 7-0, yeah. and 0, but other teams had to take weight. Yeah, uh, very excited to talk about Cincinnati today uh, against UCF. That's their big game this yes. weekend. A lot to dissect there. Uh, definitely going to be a prove-it week for them. My number nine, I went ahead and have Oregon, uh, which I believe nice. I had at number 10 last week. Oregon for me, and I'll just be real here, guys. Uh, had a few to drink on Saturday. Oregon goes down early to Washington State. I text you. I'm, I was stressed. I'm upset. Stressed and upset because I'm thinking, well, there goes my thoughts on Oregon. Yep. Because now I think there's no program in the Pac-12. Yep. However, now I don't have to backtrack because I still believe, first of all, they found a way to win, found a way to cover. They found a way to dominate. Dominate. They dominate that game after they, yeah. after they were struggling 100%. early. So Oregon is still showing me exactly what I expected, and USC is still showing me exactly what I expected, where Oregon's... Um, they're just so far and above the rest yes, of the conference right absolutely. now. USC uh, continues to struggle. Yeah, and definitely in my top 10. All right. At my number eight, I went ahead and have uh, Texas A&M. They had their game canceled, I believe, because of Corona. I, yes. I, I really can't can't keep up these days. It's either a mixture of injuries and COVID, whatever it may be. A&M didn't play. Uh, we talked about them last week and the debate between A&M, Florida, and other teams. That's where I got them. 
Number eight, Indiana. Um, hey, another new entrance new in entrance. your top I 10. wanted to bring him in the top 10. I just didn't know where I was going to slate them. Okay. Um, and then it still happened. And I'm so sorry that I don't have BYU ranked. I just can't do it. It's hard. When you look at teams like, yes, Indiana's playing teams that aren't playing well. But they literally just shut out a conference opponent. Yeah. Like, that has to mean something. Right. Regardless of their, their combined records, anything you want to say, you shut out a conference opponent in a Power 5 conference, that means something. Now you're 4-0. And let me be clear that for Indiana, all right, 20 and a half point underdogs in Columbus this weekend, just because they get blown out by Ohio State, which I believe will eventually happen, or at least I'm kind of hoping it will happen. (laughs) But even if that does happen, I'm not going to punish Indiana for getting blown out, just like I'm not going to punish A&M for getting blown out by Alabama. If you get blown out by the best team in your conference, but you're winning all of your other games, look at Miami. I mean, look at A&M. Why should Indiana be any different? And I still believe that because I think that Indiana is going to, play well enough on Saturday to show that they really have come a, f- a long way, and I still think that they're going to play well in the rest of their games this season. Yeah. So, I love that you got them at number eight. Uh, number seven, that's where I have Indiana. I I, I did have them dropping a spot. I, I, I end up putting Wisconsin ahead of them, and I'll get into that, but Indiana is still firmly in my top ten. Who's your number seven? Number seven, Miami. Um, yeah. So, I'm moving Miami up here. You know, I didn't even want to put them in my top ten, and this was a prove-it week. Listen, people might say Miami didn't play great, or they're down the whole time. Everyone knew that matchup versus Tech was going to be a tough matchup. Yes. For me, them winning that game, when let's not forget, they were the underdog. They were the underdog, yeah. Them winning that game gives them bonus points. I have them at number seven. Yeah, and we this is what we knew about Miami. Yes. We knew they win games like this. Yes. Miami's not in here blowing people out. They're just finding ways to win, and it's impressive. All right, number six, I have Wisconsin, and I have them ranked Pretty high here, folks, and there's a couple of reasons. I had Indiana uh, number six last week, and a part of that for me was I was frustrated that there was no one in the Big Ten really getting a lot of recognition. I will be the first to admit that the Big Ten Conference is down, but again, I'm going to reiterate my point that just because we have a couple programs like Penn State Michigan that are having horrible seasons doesn't mean there's still not teams playing good football, and I'm telling you right now, Wisconsin, they always play well early in the season. We've seen this year after year. But this version of Wisconsin is scary to me because on all phases, even though they've only played two games, Illinois, Michigan, I've seen enough from them to know that they are going to be contenders, not only in the Big Ten, but they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. So for me, I I just want to go ahead and and just say my piece on your take. I agree. Wisconsin's great. For me, it's the, I have the opposite feeling that I don't have enough tape. I, you know, I think, you know, as a football mind like you, I think. They're contenders. I think they're really good at football. It's just with those two, with, with, with the two teams they played and the two games they had, I can't really get a good sense. But, I mean, they're in my top ten. Yep. That's a great place to start when you've only played two games. All right, uh, who, my number yep. six is going to be the Florida Gators. And I've I've thought about our conversation. It's a I tough one. I think that Florida is the better team in, in terms of them playing Texas a But I cannot demote them because of the head-to-head because – they played each other already. Yeah. It's a fair argument. Uh, and at number, uh, was that your number six? That was my number six. Okay. So now at number five, you have who? The Florida Gator. Uh, Texas A&M. Texas Maggie's, A&M. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got A&M ahead of Florida for the head-to-head. That's that's completely fair. Number five is where I have Florida. Um, I don't give A&M the benefit of the doubt with the head-to-head anymore because of how good Florida's looked. And my God, Kyle Trask is just carving up secondaries in the SEC yes, right now. Is. I mean, just completely carving them up. Florida just looks like a team where I can't wait to see them play Alabama in the SEC championship game because I really feel like they have the offensive firepower um, 
to at least keep up and make it a game and, and, and to at least challenge Bama. And I just feel like Bama hasn't really been challenged this year. But Florida, with a great quarterback, that's what it takes, especially this year. That's really what it takes. So I have Florida at number five. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, Brad, my top four has not changed. I have Notre Dame at four. Go ahead. Clemson at three. Yep. Bama at two. Yep. And Ohio State at number one. And my top four has not changed. Clemson at four. Notre Dame at three. Ohio State at two. Alabama at number one. I think there's a couple things, the takeaways I have here. Regardless of yep. who the rankings you have them in the top four, those will settle themselves out as long as you're in the top four. Your rankings are going to prove to be very interesting coming around college football time. Because if Alabama plays, if Florida wins out, Alabama plays Florida. Regardless of what happens, they could sneak into your college football playoff. Talking about Florida? Yes. Or yeah. Alabama. Or like Bama. Both could be in there. Yeah, I mean, you're saying if Florida beats Bama in the SEC championship game, yeah. absolutely, I think that you could make a case to have Florida and Bama in. It's crazy. And then what if you know Clemson beats Notre Dame? Yeah. And they both have a case to get Then in. what are you doing? That's going to be a crazy... And then what if you have an undefeated Oregon? Or undefeated Oregon. How about this, Brad? How about with all those scenarios, what if Ohio State and Wisconsin go into the Big Ten Championship undefeated? Yes. And Ohio State gives them a close loss. Yeah. And then or the other way around. Wisconsin. What or about the other, way, the other around? way around? This is going to be the most parody we've had in college football. Oh, wait. Let's not jinx it. Fingers crossed. Yeah. This is going to be the most parody. Because there's always some point in the season where the teams slip up and they lose those stupid right. games. You're like, how did you do that? But I hope that it finishes the way we do. So we, I, I don't want it to be where we're watching the selection show and we already know what's going to happen. I want us to be on our seats. Kind of like that year when me and you were sitting there and we didn't know who was going to get in, Alabama or, or Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. I want it to be like that where hopefully both our teams are in. Yeah, but right. we're wondering who the other teams are going to yeah. be. I mean, we could be left with a situation where we have six one-loss, very good Qualified teams. And how about teams. A&M? You could have seven yeah. quality one-loss teams. And you could have an undefeated Oregon. Yep. And not to mention, you know, they would have no shot, but an undefeated Cincinnati and BYU, yeah. you know, thrown in there. Um, but all this talk about, you know, does BYU or Cincinnati have a chance to get in the playoff? Guys, they do not have a chance. They do not have a shot. It would take a miracle. Like a 2% kind of I mean, miracle. a miracle for either of those teams to sneak in the playoff, especially with these scenarios that we're pointing out yeah, here. Yeah, with so many I mean, games, that teams that are just looking phenomenal. Right. And even if, you know, even if teams run the table and we don't get left with as many one-loss teams, I still think you're going to be in a situation where a one-loss team gets in over an undefeated Cincinnati or an undefeated BYU. I mean, honestly, like, what are you going to not... Let's say... Oh, that put Florida in a two-loss team. Damn it. Let's say you text a How about a and Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to put... An what about a 9 and one A&M? Yeah, over Cincinnati. And the only team A&M lost to was Alabama. Right. I, uh, I'm with you there. I think it's a great example. How about a 9 and one A&M, who their only loss is to Florida... Uh, which is a good loss. Do you put them in over Cincinnati? So it really or an Oregon. I would think even like or an, or, an Oregon. Oregon team that loses one game to like Washington. Yeah, like right. I, I, I'm sorry, and I'm a. I'll be the first to defend the group of five. But this year, the way it's shaping up, the uh, limited amount of non-conference games, I think that is just going to be very difficult. Yeah, and and the debate comes down to the strength of the conference because we can debate strength of the conference. Let's just say for the Power Five for a second, right? Let's talk about this, all right? We got some conferences that are way down this year. The SEC is obviously still the best conference in football. In, in, in the Big Ten, we got a lot of down teams. The ACC has been very competitive. We don't know what to think about the Big 12. Pac-12 just started. But say what you will about those. The American Conference, top to bottom, as a whole, does not measure up to the level of talent, recruiting, and coaching that you find in the Power Five. That's true. It's not a Power Six. The problem that we run into, too, is when you have, like, I'm going to use um, a little different rating scale. So I'm going to use, like, a top 10 
group of uh, power five team versus a top 25 uh, group of five team. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a, bear with me, this is going to take some thinking. So let's say you have a 25 Tulsa. Okay. Right? I think that they could beat, they when they play a team like a 35th ranked Tulane, you don't know who's going to win. But when you have like a top 10 Big Ten team, top 10 SEC team playing against a 25th ranked SEC team, you know that top 10 team's going to win. That's where it starts to start to roll with me is the top heaviness of these Power 5 conferences, the dominant programs yeah. win when they should. When to me, sometimes it just feels like the group of five is just a toss up at the, from after you get past that Cincinnati. The BY, well, not a good example, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Once you get past that kind of dominant team, conversation everyone year, else but... is just in a mixture by themselves. So how can you compare? Like, like I don't care if Cincinnati goes and dominates Memphis and holds them to ten points. Well, look at UCF with you know already a loss to Memphis and a loss to Tulsa. And, They're a five you know, two team. Yeah, yeah like, last year with three losses, and yeah. they were the undefeated team for two years, but. You know, they're showing that you can't keep that level of success. And because one group of five team is having a Cinderella season, I mean, look, hell, Brad, look at Marshall. Look at Coastal Carolina. Yes. We still have all these undefeated group of five teams, but no one's giving them consideration. We're only giving Cincinnati consideration. Why? Because they're in the American? I mean, Coastal Carolina's been just as dominant. I, and I think schedule. Coastal's played almost a tougher schedule. Right. And then Marshall's been just as dominant with their schedule. So why should they be left out of the conversation? Yes. Why is it only the American team? That runs the table that gets consideration. No, it's 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 wild because you think about it like think about the teams that Coastal's played and has beaten. But you think about the what the one SMU team that um, Cincinnati played, and I use them as my argument to put in my top ten. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that away from them, right. but I'm just saying. That, I mean, like, you have just, my number nine. It's just unfair that the Americans getting that slot, that love, that. Right. The Sun Belt's not a bad conference by any means. The other one uh, was Liberty. They're also undefeated. Liberty, folks, is trying to go three and zero against the ACC. Liberty's about to so to to kind of throw away our argument almost entirely because they are really being an outlier right now. For Liberty to go three and zero, I don't care who they play in the. I I don't care if it's the three worst teams in the ACC. If Liberty beats NC State this weekend and goes three and zero against the ACC, that tells me a lot about where the ACC is at right now. Yeah, and wait, how do you not move Liberty up either? Yeah. Because they that's really impressive. Twenty third, I think. And how about I don't know what their other ACC win was, but they beat Virginia Tech, yeah, who's proven to be a, a pretty good ACC team. NC State's a pretty good ACC. Who they team. play Virginia? Um, no, right in the middle. I don't remember who the first I one can't was. It, it probably wasn't as good of a team, but we'll uh, get our stats guy on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um, yeah, so as it stands right now, I think that we have the best four teams in the country, and if this plays out like I think it's going to play out, I think those are going to be the four teams that we see in the end. I think so as well. It'll take some major slippage. All right, I can't wait any longer. Let's get into the slate of college football games. Ohio State, after not having a game uh, last weekend, I'm just itching for the fight. I mean, Bama didn't have a game last weekend either. I'm and, itching, and we don't play yeah, anybody. I'm about to say, you're playing Kentucky, but you're, I mean... Cherish every game day. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm learning. Never right know now. when COVID's going to take that thing away from you. Exactly. Your so, team couldn't even catch. Didn't even. Neither of our teams right, even it, caught. It, COVID. I know it wasn't even our fault. Uh, and th- that's because in programs like Bama and you know Ohio State, no one wants to be the one that ruins no. for everybody else because you're trying everyone's to, being you're, smart. You're, yeah, you're trying to win for you know a, a championship at that point. All right, number nine Indiana, number three Ohio State. We are now using the official AP poll rankings. Yes. By the way, everybody, um, Ohio State comes out as a twenty and a half point favorite, and I do have to admit, Brad. That when I was first thinking about what the original spread would be, I really didn't think it would be this high. Uh, now looking back on it, it makes sense. But is it too high? No. Who do you like? 
guess, listen, bear with me, guys. I'm going to take Ohio State. And I'm going to get into the weeds statistically because everything statistically is kind of pulling me away from Ohio State. But be careful with your money, right? So you think about Ohio State, they're 2-1 against the spread. Their average margin to the spread is minus 1.8, where you have Indiana, who's 4-0 against the spread, whose average margin to the spread is twelve plus 12.8. They held Michigan State to zero points. Yeah. People talk about the Ohio State defense. There's a couple things here that really are important to me. Ohio State, in 13 games against teams with a winning record, they're 10-3 and against the spread. Another Ohio State trend that I really like is Justin Fields against the top 25 is 82.4 82. completion percentage. But let me get a little bit of betting standpoint from you. Indiana has 68% of the bets. 68%. And if and statistics guys know that's a lot of num- money when you're – that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of percent of the bets. If Indiana has 68% of the bets, how come the line hasn't gone down? How come they haven't moved Ohio State from yeah. 20 and a half to down to 19 or 18? Why? That's because all of the, the actual physical money is on Ohio State. I think Ohio State, this is going to be a game that you probably have a similar thought process. It's going to be close for a little bit. Yeah. But Ohio State is just that much better offensively. You're going to, I mean, you're going to have to ask a lot of questions of that Indiana offense. They're going to have to answer a lot of questions to keep up. I think this game. Ohio State easily gets into the 40s. Indiana looked really good in that 24-0 victory last week. They've looked really good every week. But guys, as you said, man, you broke it down beautifully. I'm going with Ohio State here, minus 20 and a half. And that is what makes me even more comfortable with it, that all the bets are going on Indiana. Yes. And deservedly so, you think about the media hype and where Indiana's at right now. They've done a great job of really hyping this game up. And I'm all about that. Yep. But listen, when you start to look at, and also not to mention the Indiana, even when they're not this good, they always give us a tough game. We always struggle to cover against them. But in a season like this, in a game like this, Ohio State's coming in ready. They're coming in guns blazing. We didn't get to play a game last weekend. 68% of the money on Indiana, but the smart money is staying on Ohio State, and that's why the line hasn't moved. Vegas will not move that line because they don't want us Ohio State backers to get any more points. Exactly, because this is just enough. Yes. And I think that we're going to see a 28-point victory from Ohio State here. I totally agree. I think Indiana's going to put up some points. There's no doubt about it, but as you said, Ohio State getting into the 40s, I think we're definitely getting into the 40s. I think at least 45 um, I could see something like 45, 17, uh, maybe 52, 24. There's going to be a lot of points. This is one of those games where I was like, man, check the weather. And I, and I was like, but this is not, the weather is not going to be a factor in the way, because the way Ohio State plays football, they're one of those weatherproof teams. And what I mean weatherproof, I'm not talking about like torrential downpours or like blizzards. That's that's not going to equate it. But I'm talking about a little bit of heavier winds and stuff like that. They're, yeah. they're a weatherproof team, and I, I liken them to get to the, to the 40s, high 40s. I like to think that I, you know, have the pulse of my team and I picked against them, uh, you know, against the spread against Penn State last time. I was a half a point away from being right. Yeah. So I, I actually gauged that one pretty well. I, so I like to think I can keep that going here. Uh, I see an easy cover in the end. One more thing I want to say about this game. Yeah. Coaches, good coaches like Ryan Day, Nick Saban. Um, I would use Devil Sweeney, but they didn't actually miss the game. But when they have... In a season like this, they know that they have to make the most out of every single opportunity because there could be another situation where your team, my team, another top five team loses a game. When you have limited games to look at, every game matters. Every point matters. If Ryan Day has to run up the score, he's going to do it in the most conservative way, but he's going to run up that freaking score. 
because a, yeah. a blowout victory over a top 10 team, let's say they take another game away from Ohio State, they still see this game as a blowout victory. They don't care. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more, man. This is going to be looked at as a top 10 game because the committee always likes to do that. That This is going to be a top 10 game, whether, you know, where Indiana finishes, I don't know, but this is going to be looked at as a top 10 matchup. It's going to be our only ranked opponent until probably the Big Ten Championship game. The pedal's going to be to the metal the entire four quarters. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about some UCF football. Uh, where have they been all our lives? Man, miss um, them. Love talking about the Knights. Big game this weekend. I have a lot of thoughts, folks. We got number seven Cincinnati at UCF. It's killing me and tearing me apart that the Bouts House will not be rocking I know. on Saturday because this is the revenge game of all revenge games. And right here, these two teams are the two best programs in the conference. You could argue Memphis because they've done so well. Back to back? Uh, no. They won the conference last year. Anyway, yeah. Memphis, Cincinnati, UCF have been the best three teams in this conference. But for me, Cincinnati and UCF battling in their own division this is what it comes down to. The Knights. Let's talk about the game last year. That, that we that were, at. were at. Great game. It was amazing. The environment would have intimidated any team coming in there. Yes. It was unbelievable. It was a Friday night, Cincinnati blackout, sold out crowd. Young, true freshman Dylan Gabriel, what was it, like his fourth game? Yeah. His fourth career game? Cincinnati won that game because they had 14 points off turnovers. UCF turned the ball over four times in that game, and they were stifling against the UCF offense. I see it going a little bit differently this year I'm giving UCF a chance here to cover and I'm liking the points here plus six so this I put this game on the schedule this was my early entry look ahead so for guys who don't follow me on Twitter I'm going to try to keep doing this every week where at the beginning of the week I'm going to put games that I think are the lines are going to move just so we can try to get a sweet middle or you can at least consider it I said in my analysis if this line gets close to seven I have to take UCF if it sits at the six I'm going to take Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati is just, I mean, I can't get over the 29.1 points per game. Desmond yep. Ritter has run has ran for over 460 yards this game. I think something like eight touchdowns on the ground, something ridiculous. But the reason I'm okay with, if I get seven points with UCF, Dylan Gabriel, 2,734 yards, 23 touchdowns, only two picks on the season. He that had was problems big, yeah. with turnovers, and right. now he's taking care of the ball. This offense, the way it moves, it, it, it averages the, the number one points, I mean, excuse me, the number one plays per game in the country. Why? Because they get the ball out quick, and they have explosive players. That's what I really like. You sure, sure, they they held SMU down. But we've seen SMU. We know what's there. Sure, they held Memphis down. But we know Memphis does not have the, the quarterback. And, and I'm so sad to say this, that I am down on Brady White this year. Me too. Because Brady White's starting to prove that He's not as much as the good quarterback as I thought he was, but the guy who had the puzzle pieces around him. Seven points? Give me UCF, but as it stands now, I have to take Cincinnati minus six. But Miles hit the bounce house is not going to be bouncing. You better believe all 10,000 fans yeah. that are allowed to go there are going to be screaming their tails off. Five and two is not a death sentence for UCF. This gives them a six and two with a top 10 win. For me, this game is more than just this season for UCF. You cannot be losing to the same team in your division in back-to-back seasons and think that you can keep building on your success. I see UCF, you know, not losing more than three games a year. They lost three games last year. They've already lost two this year. But in a game like this, with how much hype Cincinnati has had, has anyone been talking about UCF this year? Absolutely not. You think that they know that? 
This is what I'm asking of Coach Heupel. Just don't coach the Knights out of this game, yes. please. Because I've seen it happen so many times, and I can't watch it again. He's got to let Dylan Gabriel play. He's got to let him ball. This is the game to do it. Because yeah. this sets got Dylan Gabriel... got nothing to lose. If Dylan Gabriel shreds this amazing Cincinnati defense, you win this game, this sets Gabriel up for a huge season next year. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing to lose here. Gabriel, 23 touchdowns to two interceptions. If they can limit the turnovers, keep an even playing field, and let Gabriel... Do his thing. I think that UCF can at least cover the six, definitely seven. Yeah. Uh, but I but I can see that line moving too, especially with the general public. Yeah. All right. Bedlam is next. Saturday oh, night football. Man. Number 14, Oklahoma State. Number 18, Oklahoma. The Sooners are favored by seven, and it was looking like early on in the season that this wouldn't even be a top 25 matchup, but the Sooners have very quietly kind of gotten their act together. Yes, they have. And listen, I am so sorry, Oklahoma State. You are my pick to win the Big 12, but... Your last two weeks, not impressed. Listen, you that Texas team, of course you scored 34 points against them. They're awful. <laughs> they don't play defense to save their lives, but you lost. And then you only scored 20 points against Kansas State. In this game where you play Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to get theirs. And I think Oklahoma is starting to turn it on at the right time of the year where I think that's going to be a 13-14 point victory for Oklahoma. I'm on Oklahoma State here, plus seven, and I might live to regret it, but for me, with Oklahoma, they are turning it on, absolutely. Back-to-back 62-point performances. However, that was against Texas Tech and Kansas, whereas we mentioned that Oklahoma State was able to put up 34 against Texas uh, because they don't have a good defense. But Oklahoma State, outside of the Texas game, has been playing the best defense in the conference. But I also, and outside of the Iowa State game. Okay, but, but, I, don't, but I also don't want to downplay um, what Texas was able to do against their defense yeah. because that was really kind of where they were that kind of back to me. normal. Yeah. Oklahoma State, 12-2 and two against the spread in their last 14 games as an underdog. I like that. And I can't get, for Oklahoma, I, uh, the Sooners, I can't get the losses to Kansas State and Iowa State out of my head. Iowa State, looking like they're, it, you know, third. Yeah. Top three. Yep. Uh, they've uh, definitely been impressive. But all of the history and everything will tell you to take Oklahoma because Oklahoma's been covering this kind of spread against Oklahoma State year yeah. after year. Six and four um, against the spread in their last 10 meetings. I mean, the Cowboys have not been able to score enough points to keep up with Oklahoma. Yeah. So what I'm banking on here is that the performances for Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler were a mirage because it was Texas Tech and it was Kansas, and that Oklahoma State can score just enough points to get the cover, even if it's just a backdoor. You got anything else? No, Spencer Rattler's quickly turning his season around. He should have been playing this at the beginning of the season when I put my freaking he- uh, Heisman bet on him. We already burnt that ticket. Um, but, it's, the- it, but it's been against weaker competition, so, uh, so yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how he does here back in the spotlight. My my thing is I want to know if, like what you said, is it because of the weaker competition or he took more time to kind of get into the groove? Sure. Um, up next, we have a game I'm so excited yes. for. Number 10, Wisconsin. Seven-point favorite traveling to Northwestern. Number 19, West Northwestern at that. I'm going to start. I'm taking Wisconsin. Wisconsin blows them out. Wow. I love it. I I can't argue with it. Wisconsin minus seven here, guys. Uh, Let me be clear. Northwestern is a pretty good football team. Fitzgerald got them going. Yeah. They've been really solid on the offensive and defensive lines. They have a decent quarterback in Peyton Ramsey, at least a guy who can throw, who they haven't had in years. Yes. Uh, and also keep in mind that Northwestern usually has success in this matchup against Wisconsin. They've been able to time and time again throw Wisconsin off their game, force a lot of turnovers, and they were even able to get a victory uh, a couple of years ago. But Wisconsin 
I believe is one of the best teams in the country. So I have to back that understanding. I have them, you know, ranked number six in my top ten yep. because I think they're that good. Forty-five and to seven against Illinois. Yeah, go ahead. Now. I know you, this is your soapbox, right? No, I, I mean, so, so right here with only a seven-point spread, I also see a blowout. I see Northwestern is not going to score enough points against this Wisconsin defense, guys. Michigan has playmakers on offense. Yes, they're a dump. They're a mess. The but, Wolverines are a mess. But and their they main still issue have, is defense. Their offense right, is still good. Exactly. Milton hasn't been horrible, but this Wisconsin defense made him look terrible. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. I mean, they couldn't do anything. So what makes you think that Northwestern is going to be able to put up enough points? I don't think they will. So, and again, Northwestern has played pretty well this year. But this version of Wisconsin, if they can be as good as as I think, and I think they're going to prove it on Saturday... I think that th- that they're going to be able to blow out Northwestern, and they're going to be able to roll through their schedule. What I'm going to say, and I'm just—I this, this, have a lot of notes for this game, and this is the only thing I want to say. It's not even in my notes. That game against Iowa, and I think we talked about this offline. That game against Iowa, at the beginning of the game, where Iowa was giving Northwestern fits, I think that's going to be very similar. Where Wisconsin gives them fits because Wisconsin's defense is very similar to Iowa, but better. Like Wisconsin has leaders in the linebacking core, which was really giving Northwestern troubles at the beginning of the game, running the ball or, or those quick, quick, you know, what they call like safety passes to get your quarterback in the group wasn't happening early in the Iowa game. And I think that's going to happen a lot in the Wisconsin game as well. The only difference is Wisconsin's defense is going to be able to sustain that the entire game. The, the entire game, because they're going to be suffocating from beginning to end. Uh, it's going to be curious to see how this game starts. I think it's going to dictate a lot. If Wisconsin can really set their pace in the beginning, yeah. they've been great. Uh, even in just the two games, they've been great at time of possession. Yep. They've been great at game control, and I think that, that that continues here. A little side note about this game. It was originally supposed to be played in Wrigley Field, um, but uh, obviously with the COVID concerns, not going to happen. But that would have been really fun because it easily would have been a sellout. Um, all right. Underdogs. Underdogs. Uh, thank you guys for the for letting me uh, go ahead and get Colorado. Yeah. 32 to nice 35 to 32 over Stanford. And don't worry. That game was never a three-point game. Like, it was never close. No. Stanford tried everything in their power to come back in Colorado. I was like, yeah, see you guys. We've already cashed our checks. I'm going to start my underdog of the week, and I'm going with Hugh Freeze. I have to take Hugh Freeze here. It's a little different, too. We talked about it earlier. Now Hugh Freeze is in that conversation for potential head coaching vacancies at Power 5 conferences. He's going to continue this winning streak. I'm liking Liberty. Plus 145 is the money line over at North Carolina State. And then they would be 3-0 against the ACC and an undefeated team. Uh, yep. And it goes again as to saying, why are we not talking about these guys more? Really curious to see how they come out in that one. For my underdog, pretty simple for me. I'm taking the Knights. Yes. UCF plus 6 over Cincinnati at home. This game means so much for their program. It's going to be a heartbreaker if they can't pull it out. Uh I still really don't want to uh, go against anything that Cincinnati has been doing. Luke, uh, Luke Fickle has just done a phenomenal job Does with this Luke program. Does Luke Fickle leave if, 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 if they have another successful season? Yeah, I, I mean, he's been talked about for a lot of coaching vacancies. I personally think that he would be the number one contender for Michigan, even I though as well. Ohio State is his alma mater, yep. and my dad said there's no way he would do it. I wouldn't I be think so he would. sure about that. I think he would. Um, but yeah, he's, talks. He, he is definitely up there in the conversations, but I like UCF here to find a way to win, get the program back on track. Uh, Cincinnati has not played an offense like this. They haven't no. played a quarterback like this. I don't think there's anybody else in the conference that really is bringing the level 
of, of intensity on offense that, that UCF is. Cincinnati's going to score their points, guys. But I'm just banking uh, as good as the Cincinnati defense has been. I'm going with my boy Gabriel here. I want to say another thing because I'm going to back up your money line play. Like, listen, this is a great spot because I was talking about this earlier. If teams are more even than their spread indicates, you have to take the money line of the underdog. You have to from a betting standpoint because you're 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 getting extra value on that money line. Because if let's say we think that they're more of a pick'em, you're getting almost three to one on your money to take the dog at home. And when you've got at home, any when you've got the quarterback yeah. that can put up points. Yeah. I mean that that's really what it comes down to. All right, before we get into the NFL and we got a lot to talk about there, let's go ahead and break for our sponsors. Hey, Miles. You know what would be pretty cool? If there's a social media app just for sports. You know, Brad, I was just thinking that. Like a social media app where there's a feed, where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game, and you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Vigit is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Vigit, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today. All right. Let's do a little rapid-fire NFL, my bang, friend. Bang, bang, we got bang. another uh, really good weekend. Uh, the races are heating up. The wild card is starting to take shape. Division leaders, the Steelers are still undefeated. Uh, no one saw that coming, except you. Except me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Bucks. What a matchup. Monday night football. I'm sick of my team being good. Sick of... <laughs> Waiting till Monday nights and Sunday nights. <laughs> the Bucks are minus four. Uh, really curious to see where you're at here. Taking the Bucks all day, every day. Listen, the Rams might be pretenders. They can't beat quality teams on the road. Their only road victories come to the Eagles and the and the Washington football team. Their losses to the 49ers, Bills, and Dolphins all came on the road. Those are their three losses. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and two against the spread at home. But listen, Tom Brady's starting to get it together. He's starting to figure it out. There might be too many weapons. The Rams have Jalen Ramsey. I'm trying to go quick so we get out everything I need to say. They have sure. Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey can't cover Evans, Brown, Godwin, Gronk. Wait, yeah. guess what? We have a running game, too. We have Fournette and Rojo, Mr. 99-yard touchdown man. Brad, they almost put up half a hundred last yes. weekend. I, I mean, if they're not playing the Saints, the Bucs are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yes. Uh, I'm also going with the Bucs here minus four. And I think it says a lot, Brad, that you called the Rams last weekend against the Seahawks to yes. cover. And they won the game. So... You seem to have a pretty good, uh, you know, pulse on on the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and you're going with the Bucks, and I think it says a lot. And, and really, it, that's just because of how well Tom Brady is playing right now. Uh, great bounce back last week, 46 points. I don't care that it was the Panthers, man. They were dominant. Yes, they were dominant. So many weapons Every on this facet. offense, and really, Brady, if he can just not just if he can continue this momentum that he's got with this offense, and now you got Brown in the mix. How do you cover these guys? Yeah, how do you a healthy them? Godwin and Evans, Antonio Brown, uh, Gronkowski, uh, Ronald Jones broke off a huge run last week. One thing I want to say too, I want to add this: the offensive line did not change that much in personnel. But isn't it amazing how you get you bring a guy in like Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the offensive line wants to cover, wants exactly. to block a little harder? Doesn't that say a lot about the man behind center? Yeah, it does. I think it does. All right, what's next? Next we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are a two point favorite. I'm taking the Packers here. This is essentially a money line for me. Colts beat the the Texans. I mean the Titans, but the Colts really outplayed the Titans. I think the Packers are just going to continue their run. Aaron Rodgers is going to have another successful three touchdown game. He's we had three touchdowns. What he had two, three touchdowns last game, two in the air, one on the ground. This time he's going to do it again. Six and three against the spread this season. Four and one against the spread on the road. Who you got? I like the Packers here too. Cool. Uh, they 
didn't look good against the Jaguars last weekend, whereas, as you mentioned, the Colts on Thursday Night Football beat the Titans 34-17, but let's not forget... That was all special teams and defense. All special teams and defense. Um, so it doesn't worry me at all the differences in those games, but that's where I really like to take a team like the Packers and Aaron Rodgers after a week where maybe the Packers didn't play so well against a bad team. The Colts are everyone. All I can see on Twitter right now is Colts best, you know, best defense in the NFL. Statistically, they're playing great. There's no doubt about it. But at plus two, I'm liking the Packers. Are we crazy? Not crazy. I saw online. Uh, gamblers are backing the Colts to win the Super Bowl. Guys, save your money. If you want to take a this dog... This is not a Super Bowl team! If you want to take a dog to right? have a chance in the Super Bowl, you have to take the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, I would bet on the Dolphins before I bet on the Colts. That's what I'm saying. Like, this yeah. is not a team you take. No, They're not a Super Bowl team. not a Super Bowl team. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is not an RB1. Now, I will say about the Colts, they seem to be that kind of team that, that with the right game plans, can make that run in the playoffs. Yeah. But I just think, guys, it's just... I don't see that happening anymore. Get it out of your head. Because there's too many good quarterbacks now. Yeah. There's too many good quarterbacks to get past. All right. Next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles at the Cleveland Browns. There's a couple of different reasons why I wanted this game, Brad. First of all, last week, what the hell? What the hell was Nick Chubb doing? Wait. So I have Nick Chubb's over rushing yards, right? I need six yards from Nick Chubb. I had that for two units. And I had the Browns minus three for one unit. When he's broke through that run, I go, we're going to catch it all, baby. Let's go. And then goes out of bounds. Not a smart football play. People say it's a smart football play, but no, because there's no way for them to win that game. And you actually put your your offense in more danger, uh, kneeing the ball, because when you score that touchdown, then you can do exactly what the... um, what the uh, Cardinals did, you can knee afterwards and blah, 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 and then pooch kick it. Right. You're you're good to go. Hey, the good news is a lot of backers had him at minus three and a half because that's what they closed at, but we took him on the podcast yes. at minus three, so at least we got the push. But here we go again. The Browns minus three and a half. Brad, I'm liking the way the Browns are playing, especially with the third straight home game. I'm taking the Browns minus three and a half. I, I, the Eagles aren't any good. Eagles, one and three against the spread on the road. Three and six against the spread this season. Also, big news. Eagles are have coronavirus issues inside their camp. I don't care about the Browns against the spread records. Three and a half points game. Right. Give it to me. Nick Chubb, over 126 rushing yards last game. I got to just guess that number. I can't remember the exact number of time, but I know it's over 126. The Browns are really good against crappy teams. Right. We're no longer calling the NFC East. They are the NFC least. What is up with the Wentz? 12 interceptions to 12 touchdowns. What has happened to him? I think that the Browns can feast on teams like this. Yes. I, and I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. And guess what? Eagles offensive line stinks. And yeah. the same thing that happened last weekend that we thought was going to happen against the Texans with the, with the pressure that the D-line from uh, the Browns were going to get, the same thing's going to happen. Right. It's like the same thing. What? Miles Eagles- Garrett is really coming on as a defender. I mean, I know he, uh, that that he's been good since he's been in the league, but, but no, man, he is he is doing something else. He's looking for and that I'll payday. I'll also tell you that the Browns offense is a different offense with Nick Chubb. They need yes. Nick Chubb in this offense because Baker is still having trouble finding any kind of rhythm, but they found a way to win last week. I guarantee that's you, what I like. unless they're blowing him out, Kareem Hunt is not going to out-snap Nick Chubb like he no did way. last week. Guarantee you that. All right, what's next? Next, the revenge game. Kansas City Chief. Seven-point favorites traveling to Las Vegas via Las Vegas. Sunday night football. It's a shame that they don't get to play this in the Death Star. I am backing the Chiefs. Minus seven. The Chiefs solo against the spread loss against teams with winning records in the last 10 games was to the Raiders. Raiders got lucky. 
The Chiefs were off their game. This is going to be another game where the Chiefs go out there and start swinging. Chiefs, what, 5-0 and against the spread in their last five or something ridiculous? I, oh, it's 5-0 and against the spread against their last five falling against the spread loss. Whatever stat, whatever BS you want to bring up, mm-hmm. this is not about trends or anything. This is about Mahomes and that offense. Yeah, I, I'm also back in the Chiefs here, minus seven. I think it's the first time all season that you and I have agreed on all four NFL games. I like the Chiefs here. Usually, we don't have the Chiefs on the podcast yeah. because their spreads are so difficult to cover. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about the Chiefs at minus 10 and minus 9 every single week. But this is a, is a legitimate spread because of how the Raiders played them last week. Vegas gave the Chiefs a minus 7 line, yeah. and I see the Chiefs winning this game by 10 or 14. Now, the Raiders are playing really well, but it's time for the Chiefs to step up here not lose to the Raiders twice in a row, and also find a way to f- get the cover. We're at the end of November. This is when teams right. really start separating exactly. themselves. Yeah. So, revenge game. I like all of that. I think that uh, in the game last time, the Raiders really took them by surprise. Uh, I don't think that happens here. I think it's an easy cover for the Chiefs. I do too. Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. You know the drill. Rate, comment, subscribe, and like.